now, time for Seafood News. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor, Amanda Buckle. And I'm Ernaberry Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. This episode is brought to you by Ernaberry Consulting. Ernaberry Consulting provides tailored solutions to identify growth opportunities within the fast-paced protein commodity sectors. Combining the expertise of our analytical team, our warehouse of proprietary and trusted data, and unparalleled insight into market forecasting, Ernaberry Consulting will not only pinpoint developing global trends, but assist you in knowing exactly when and how to adopt them to maximize your return. Call 732-240-5330 for more information. Thanks, Lauren. This week, we're focusing on the market. First up is shrimp. April shrimp import totals continued the trend of large year-over-year gains. April 2021 imports were 134.2 million pounds versus a pandemic-ravaged 113.8 million pounds last year. This represented an 18% increase, widening the year-to-date gap to 11.8% higher. The problems in India persist, which has affected imports from that country tremendously. While India remained our number one trade partner, the gap to second and third shrunk significantly. Imports accounted for just 30.5% of total monthly imports, declining further from last month. Making up for India, which was down 16.4%, was Indonesia, up 17%, Ecuador, up 158.4%, and Vietnam, up 12.6%. Rounding at the top five was Thailand, which was down 18.3%. The growth story remains Ecuador. After China shut down imports last year, Ecuador made a conscious effort to increase trade with the United States and have not let up since. Mexico up 248%, Peru up 102%, Bangladesh up 41.9%, and Canada up 732%, all showed outsized growth and now sit higher year-to-date as well. Argentina, which was down 12%, slipped from the same period last year, but imports are still higher through April. China, down 48.9%, reversed one-month gain to expectations of lower imports. In terms of product, in the month of April, imports increased for headless shell-on, which includes Easy Peel, up 52.5%, Peeled, up 2.6%, and Cooked, up 26.2%. Breaded were slightly less, down 4.1%. Now let's backtrack a little bit to focus in on Ecuador. Um, they've seen truly some you know, great growth in recent years regarding their shrimp. Um, shipments of peeled shrimp from Ecuador to the U.S. were up 12% in 2018, 16% in 2019, and 51% in 2020. And in this short time, the volume has nearly doubled, going from 52 to 101 million pounds. Wow. Uh, More recently, in just the first quarter of 2021, uh, shipments of peeled shrimp from Ecuador to the U.S. surged 88%, as previously mentioned. While India is still the dominant supplier, shipping 55% of all peeled shrimp imported by the U.S., they have struggled to produce during the pandemic. In Q1, Ecuador is responsible for 18.5% of all peeled shrimp imported, where last year they accounted for just 10.8% of the total. Indonesia, who has been the second larger supplier of the U.S., has also struggled to produce during COVID-19. In fact, in the first quarter of 2021, shipments of peeled shrimp from Ecuador surpassed shipments from Indonesia. This shift from a predominantly headless shell-on and head-on supplier to now offering a larger mix of products has been in the works for a number of years. The share appealed as a percentage of total shipments from Ecuador has risen to 39% in 2020, compared to 32% just a few years ago. 
The fact that Ecuador is now capable of shipping well over 100 million pounds of peeled shrimp in a year is welcome news for buyers looking to secure the much-needed peeled shrimp. Moving on to the frozen haddock market, the market for twice frozen haddock fillets began strengthening soon after the tariff exemption on the imported species came to an end on December 31st, 2020. Since then, wholesale prices have increased an average of 83 cents per pound, reaching a new record high of about $4.38 per pound for skinless, boneless IQF frozen fillets. Contributing factors to the rising wholesale price includes elevated freight costs and widespread logistical issues causing shipping delays, coupled with heightened demand from the swift recovery from the food service and restaurant sectors. Inventory positions within the U.S. have been constrained as well, which only adds upward pressure to the rising market. Currently, year-to-date import volume on haddock frozen fillets from China records 3.7 million pounds for January through April. Meanwhile, this time frame typically imports 6.7 million pounds for the first four months of the year. The strengthening scene within the twice-frozen haddock market has allowed a price inversion compared to single-frozen haddock fillets, which typically trades at a premium. Currently, twice-frozen Atlantic haddock fillets reprocessed in China have exceeded the cost of single-frozen fillets from Iceland. Historically, the average difference between the two products was about a dollar difference, yet the implementation, exemption, and then the end of the tariff exemption has caused much volatility within the twice-frozen market. So when inquiring about how sales have reacted, as one would assume buyers would switch over to the higher quality frozen at sea product, is the packaging details that are keeping buyers from making the switch. So frozen at sea or single frozen product is packaged in shatter packs with tight ranges of fillet sizes wrapped together in a way that prevents fillets from sticking together. IQF or individually quick frozen fillets are single size fillets lightly glazed and loosely packed to retain their natural shape an easier application for end users to access the specific size and count of fillets needed. I didn't know that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Looking ahead, the ongoing logistical issues, tariffs, and supply constraints continue to place upwards pressure on the market, especially as demand remains strong. If imports continue to sprinkle in, the industry could see firm or strengthening prices throughout the summer. And in our final story of the day, after a long and impressive career in public service, former head of NOAA Fisheries Chris Oliver has entered the private sector. Seattle-based American Seafoods, the world's largest at-sea processor of wild Alaska pollock, announced the hiring of Oliver as special advisor on government affairs. Uh, The CEO of American Seafoods said in a statement that the company is thrilled to have Chris and his deep national and international fisheries experience on the team. He's a sector authority, and his position here underscores the commitment to environmentally sound, sustainable, and productive fishery policies and guiding principles, not just for American seafoods, but also for U.S. fisheries management as a whole. Almost exactly four years ago, Oliver was appointed by former President Trump as Assistant Administrator of Fisheries at NOAA. In that capacity, Oliver was responsible for commercial and recreational fisheries and for protected species throughout the U.S. exclusive economic zone. He oversaw over 3,000 federal employees and 1,000 contractors, five regional offices, seven science centers, and 14 satellite laboratories and across the U.S. Partridge in <laughs> that uh-huh. is quite the uh, the load there. <laughs> So prior to his service in Washington, D.C., Oliver was the executive director of the North Pacific Fishery Management Council for 16 years and deputy uh, prior to that. Oliver brings his extensive experience among fisheries policymakers and understanding of the regulatory process to his new position. 
Very nice. And that about does it for us. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Erneberry Consulting. Call 732-240-5330 for more information. Bye-bye. Bye.